Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Patrick O'Hearn. He is a husband and father, author of seven books, including Parent of Saints and Grief of Dads, and his new book out, Our Lady of Sorrows, Devotion to Mary's Seven Sorrows for Children. Uh, His subject interests include the lives of the saints and the interior life. He holds a master's in education from Franciscan University, and you can visit him at his webpage uh, at patrickohearn.com. And Patrick, thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Well, I don't know how much of an honor it is, but I'm very glad to have you on. Uh, so this this book, Our Lady of Sorrows, what uh, what kind of inspired you to put this book together? You know, of all the titles of Mary, you know, Our Lady of Sorrows has always been the one that's dearest to me. And I think probably it's because I had some melancholic t- tendencies. And, but I just have always, you know, just when I see that statue of Mary with the seven swords in her heart, and it just... You, know, you just feel like how oh, you want to help her out, like just like she's she's in sorrow, and uh, so I've always I think that devotion is just it's it's been and, you know and it's also the, the simplicity of like the seven Hail Marys that I learned you know as a I would say in more in middle school and visiting a couple shrines to Mary and I just felt like I I want to help spread devotion to her heart and to console Mary because she's often forgotten forgotten by the world so. You know, I, I have a I have a devotion as well, but I, you know, I always like to think of it as you know, she was born sinless. Yet look at the pain and suffering she endured. So one, why are we complaining? But also, you know, to be given a mother who truly understands when we are going through these similar things and can relate to us, just just makes her that much more present in our daily life. It seems. It is, you know, the, you know, one of her titles is the Queen of Martyrs, and you know, the saints say that she suffered in her, you know, in her soul more than all the saints and martyrs combined. And I, I believe she suffered interiorly everything what Jesus suffered exteriorly in in her soul. And so I think she looks, you know, at, at Jesus, and in Jesus she sees each of us, you know, in His image and likeness. And so she, in turn, we console her, but she also, more importantly, she consoles us in our sorrows. You know, and I sometimes I think people think, well, because, uh, you know, she was immaculately conceived and born without any stain of sin, that she didn't have temptation, that she didn't have sorrows, that, you know, her life was just this angelic life. And it, and it's anything but the truth, right? Because we know that Eve was born without the stain of original sin and chose to sin. So Mary is just like one of us, only she leads us to her son because of that that perfection of which she lived her life. So true. I mean, if you read some of the mystics on her life growing up, you know, even in the temple, it was said, I mean, she was persecuted a lot of, there's jealousy, like a lot of the, cause she was, it said that she was around, you know, according to like Maria Vagrida and, and Aunt Catherine Emmerich, like her parents, Joachim and Anne gave her to the temple, you know, as a consecrated virgin. It was around, I think around the age of four or so, but as she matured, they saw this holiness in her, and then they, you know, they tried to get her kicked out of the temple. I just read that recently, like they you know, just repulsed against her holiness. And I think that because of that, you know, like just the, the interior suffering, and then she's able to see, you know, again, see our pain 
you know, whether every, so all the seven deadly sins that we encounter in life, I mean, she didn't, obviously was never, never sinned, but she, I'm sure she experienced those, those temptations and she, she was victorious, you know, just by God's grace. And so she can help us in our weakness. Also, I saw that, uh, you know, the forward was written by Father Chad Ripperger, and he also has some prayers in here. What what led you to have him be part of this this book? Yeah, and I know Father's in, I believe he's in your backwoods there in Denver, Dicey with Denver. And just, you know, Father has an amazing devotion to Our Lady of Sorrows. And I, I recognized that when I was, you know, listening to some of his YouTube um, videos. And I, I was able to, you know, I, when I used to work at Tan Books, I was able to email him, you know, back and forth about projects. And I just, I see a man, and he, he named his religious order after Our Lady of Sorrows. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to have someone that's, you know, going to, that has a devotion to this, you know, it's going to be him. And so I reached out to him and he wrote this beautiful forward, you know, talking about his own devotion as a child to the, you know, to the Pieta, the statue um, that he had and uh, the image in his home. And I think, um, and then I asked him if he could write some prayers. He has a beautiful book called Deliverance Prayers for the Laity. And it's all these prayers. And I just asked, would you consider, you know, writing four prayers for children in here? And he was gracious enough, you know, to, to write those prayers. And I think they're just, you know, often our prayers, um, they're kind of watered down for children. And we, we don't think that they can handle these mysteries, but that that's kind of what I, I felt like our, our Lord and our lady are like, you know, bring, bring these truths to our children bring these, you know, the, get them ready, you know, to, for, to prepare them for their vocation, because there's a great reality is our, our children might be martyrs someday. And so I think, that this book kind of helps them enter into that mystery in, in a beautiful way, not overpowering, but just in a simple, simply beautiful introduction to, to the, uh, even the reality of suffering. And, you know, I really, I really enjoyed the illustration of these books. I thought it was very well done. And again, it, you know, it says for children, but really the way this book is laid out, uh, the prayers, we also have, you know, the prayer, you have some prayers like the Our Father, the sign of the cross and different prayers in both English and Latin. It really is a great family book to kind of go over. And I know this is, you know, coming out right around the, the Lenten season. This would be a perfect book for families to spend time over Lent meditating on, wouldn't it? It would, you know, I, I, I have an article coming out in, uh, but it's, you know, in Lent, in the Lent season, but I, I say that Mary is the secret weapon to, to a successful, I mean, we, we talk successful, right? but like, like a, a Holy Lent and she's often forgotten. And I think that this book, like you said, I think parents will read this. And, and one thing I want to do, there's, there's reflections where Mary is speaking to the child, like what did she experience his meditations? And, and I think that it, like you said, like when parents pick this book up, that they too will be drawn in to Our Lady's sorrows, and they can console her, and, uh, and and Mary will lead them and lead all of us on the path to Calvary. And you know how how do you lay out the book, and and kind of what is your thought process as people go through it? How you would like them to kind of spend the time meditating on it, maybe discussion and 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 praying together as a family. But how did you lay out the book uh, with the family in mind? Yeah. Yeah, so with each mystery, you know, the seven sorrows, I begin with, you know, defining what that sorrow is, you know, you know, the first sorrow, the prophecy of Simeon. And then I have the scripture verse that, you know, that shows where did that, 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 where did the church draw 
um, that mystery from. And you know, so it's right there in scripture. And then I have a short reflection about a paragraph that's Mary speaking to the, you know to the child and even to the parent about you know, what she was experiencing during that first uh, sorrow. And then afterwards, we have a, a prayer either in English or um, or Latin, Hail Mary. And then we conclude with a prayer to Our Lady of Sorrows. And so I do that with each of the seven sorrows. And then in between each sorrow, um, my illustrator, Adelaide Houdet, she painted these amazing, um, I wanted her to put like one sword and then you go to the next mystery. There's two swords in Mary's heart, but she paints all Mm -hmm. these beautiful flowers that are associated with the mystery of Christ's passion. So they're, they're laid out in between uh, each of the sorrows. So it's, it's, it's really, it is, it's like a meditative work. And what I think parents can do is like, you know, after you read that scripture, I mean, you don't have to fly through this book. I mean, you could, you could spend one night reading like one sorrow of Mary and just telling your kids, like, I, I didn't really actually, you, you raise a great point. I, I didn't really have an intention on this part, but now that you bring it up, but I, I really think it could be, you know, you could sit with this for like 10 minutes, like the reflections and then do one, one sorrow a day. When our kids were growing up, we'd read scripture and, you know, how did it speak to me? I think as you go through these mysteries, you know, kids could open up about maybe pains or sorrows, you know, difficulties they're having in school. What are the challenges they're having, right, where it would come out in a way that, you know, really is is a way to, you know, talk about it as a family. Um, it really can draw things out of people, I think, that they may not otherwise be willing to talk about. It is. I mean, that's why, you know, like that whole, you know, the idea of Alexio Divina where we sit and ponder scripture, but, you know, often it's like, you know, I, I think I'm to really encourage our children, you know, even like the, like the gospel, like I've tried to get into practice with my family, like we were doing during Advent, it's like on Saturday before, you know, the Sunday reading was to read the, the reading on Sunday and to like, what did you, you know, can you, what did God, what did God say to you in that? And I think with these same mysteries, like we can, we can pull so much fruit from, from these sorrows. Well, and just a reminder, like the actual feast day is September 15th, but uh, Our Lady of Sorrows is, you know, appropriate any time of the year and, and especially during a penitential season. Uh, maybe you can kind of go through just to remind people what the seven sorrows of Mary are, just a, as a reminder to us of, you know, what kind of traumatic life events that she really did endure during her time on this earth? Yeah, so the, <laughs> excuse me, the, yeah, the first sorrow is the prophecy of Simeon. Second sorrow is the flight into Egypt. The third sorrow is the loss of the child Jesus in the temple. Fourth sorrow is Mary meets Jesus on the way to Calvary. The fifth sorrow is Jesus dies on the cross. The sixth sorrow is Mary received the dead body of Jesus in her arms. And then the seventh and final sorrow is Jesus is placed in the tomb. And it is, it really is a good reminder. If you, if we just kind of think about life's events and how, you know, let's, let's be honest, right? The world in which we live is, is not good, right? The challenges are everywhere. The attacks on family, the attacks on children, within and with outside of the church, uh, all from everywhere, it, it is a reminder that, you know, she is our mother. She has endured these sorrows, but we can come to her with anything, right? She will not only comfort us, but lead us closer to her son. And, and her son wishes nothing more than us to have that personal relationship with her. Right. Yeah. And what's, what's amazing about these, these sorrows is, you know, I mean, 
you know, the history behind it, it started in 1233, you know, to the Servite order, there's a, these seven holy men were praying in Florence and Our Lady asked for devotion to her seven sorrows. And they went out and to, you know, to the mountainside and founded a monastery. And it was, you know, they all became saints. You know, there's a fee, I think their feast day, I believe is it's around, I think it's September 17th and the Servite order. But, um, and then through St. Bridget, Our Lady made all these incredible promises and, you know, there's like seven promises to those who are devoted to these, to Our Lady of Sorrows. And one of my favorite one of the seven is Mary says, I will defend them in their spiritual battles with the infernal enemy, and I will protect them at every instant of their lives. So that's, I mean, when you pray this, I mean, there's, I mean, every day, you know, um, there's a rosary that you can pray. Um, but in this book, I just recommend, you know, this praying the seven Hail Marys every day uh, in honor of the seven sorrows. And you talk about these these promises, the you know, with regarding Saint Bridget of Sweden, but you know, talks about granting peace to our families, right? And you, as you mentioned, consoling our pains and really accompany them, uh, accompany us as as we go through life's challenges. And look, we're going to have life's challenges, right? To try to avoid our cross is exactly the opposite of what we're supposed to do in terms of we're supposed to embrace them. And Mary is that model for us, right? When we do the stations of the cross and, and we realize that Mary was there for every step and watched the pain and suffering, it really should uh, help us as we go through those challenges, losing loved ones, having, you know, losing jobs because of defending the faith and, and all the things that kind of come along with being faithful. Uh, the promise is, yeah, you're going to have problems, but the promise is, Mary will walk with us every step of the way as she did Jesus. You know, even Father Rippinger was saying, you know, that Mary, her greatest, you know, I think the demons revealed this, but they, they said that Mary's greatest triumph was at the foot of the cross. Like that's when she was most glorious. And, and I've, I was pondering on this lately is, you know, I, you know, St. Joseph, you know, obviously passed away before then, but I, I think as a man, you know, you, you know, knowing, you know, even, having my wife go through two miscarriages and child, you know, having child loss. I really believe that St. Joseph was at the foot of the cross. He would have died. He, he would have died like because he had been consoling his wife and Jesus, you know, seeing his son and then his wife and it just, it would have killed him. And I, and I think that God had mercy on St. Joseph. And this is my, again, my theological hypothesis, but I think Mary was just, she was just so strong that, you know, she was the only one that basically didn't flee, right? All the other apostles, except for, you know, John, she just stood there and she's just, she gives us courage, you know, like, and then shows us in our sufferings, whatever we face, whether, as you mentioned, job loss or, you know, persecution, like she's standing right, right besides our Calvary. Well, and it is a reminder, right? The Holy Family, sometimes called the earthly trinity, it, it really is a comfort and a guide and 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 a model for each and every one of us as as we live our lives and and the pain that you know Saint Joseph endured as you met, you talk about him right having to pick up and and flee to Egypt and figure out all right how am I going to support my family doing that kind of thing and that it really reminds us of what faith is right faith is 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 a journey that we never can predict nor do we know what we're going to encounter, but we know it's all part of God's plan. And when we're faithful, uh, good things happen, don't they? Yeah, they do. You know, that, you know, that virtue, I think the virtue of perseverance is the one that we need to pray for every day, you know, and, and to ask our lady for it, 
And, and so that's, that's just something in my own life because you know, we think it's how oh, our faith is you know, when everything goes well, it's easy to be Catholic. But then when you go through suffering and persecution and, you know, you feel abandoned, um, even sometimes by God, you know, when you go through these periods of desolation in your prayer life, but you realize, you know, you say that prayer, Mary, you know, like a memorari or give me the grace to persevere. And, you know, and that, and that gives us, I think, to know that she's with us is, is incredible. You've written books about saints, right? You're, you're like the follow the saints, you know, and parents of saints, right? We're supposed to be saints ourselves and, and help our children do that. But, you know, you think of St. John of the Cross, you think of uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, St. Teresa of Avila. Look at the challenges and the pain and the desolation they went through in different aspects of their life. But they never wavered on their faith, even when they didn't feel God was close because in their mind they knew he was, right? Yeah, that's right. And I have a quote in my, my back of my book, Parents of the Saints, and I'm going to butcher it, but something, it's one of my, I put these little saintly sayings in the back, but it, it was something by St. Alphonsus. He said the saints were not made saints by applause and honor, but by persecution and suffering or something like that. And I think it, um, you know, as you know, in, you know, with your pro-life work and, you know, when you go to an abortion clinic or go and pray and you, you're stepping into territory that's, you know, it's it's a spiritual battle. And I think, you know, you have, you should, you should, um, we should expect that we're going to get, you know, we're going to get attacked. And, you know, when you go and stand for the truth, um, so these are just battles that we realize, like, as, you know, that we should expect persecution. Like Jesus even said, like, you know, you will be persecuted until the end. But yet sometimes we find ourselves surprised that, you know, when we say, when we say something, defend, you know, marriage, that we're going to get attacked and, oh, we don't like it. But it's like, no, you are, when you stand for the truth, you'll, you'll get persecuted. You'll be hated by the world. But in the end, you know, Jesus says, like, I, I'm with you to the end. We need to look at it as it really is, right? It is a badge of honor that, that the Lord allows us to be in those situations because he has confidence in us that we will do the right thing. When we flee and run, right, We then we really succumb to the lies of the evil one. Why are you doing this? No one's with you. You're all alone. You're going to lose, right? That's when we, that's when we, we fail to be the saints that the Lord has called us to be and, and the church militant that we're called to be while we're on this earth. Right. Right. I mean, no, it, 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 it's a, the greatest badge of honoring the saints saw suffering. I mean, there's a quote I have from you know, another book, but St. Faustina, she said, suffering is like the most precious treasure on earth. And, you know, the saints realize that after they get to heaven, right. I mean, the saints, they say like they could come down on earth just to have, you know, to suffer one more thing from God, you know, that they would do it. And uh, not that we, we should never like pray for suffering. I, I St. Zoe Martin, Therese's mom said, don't ever pray for suffering. Like God knows what to give. But I think it's just this element that we can, you know, we can embrace our crosses because um, again, our lady of sorrows and the saints that have come before us. And we know it's temporary, you know, this isn't, this life isn't, this isn't our home. And that's, it's a constant reminder by uh, the church to always keep our eyes fixed on heaven. So when did, when in your, in your faith journey, did Mary become the devotion that she is today? When, when did you really embrace her as your mother and have her continue to lead you? You know, actually, since I've been a little boy, when my mom had a good friend that was dying of cancer and I was around five or so. And we went and uh, like every night when she was dying, like my mom would light a candle. We would, I think it would say like a rosary together. And I just, at that moment, I kind of knew I was like, 
I just loved Our Lady so much. And I, my mom's name is Maureen, which means Little Mary. And I, you know, and I'm, I have a special love for my mother. And I just felt like she had just this, the most tender woman my mom is. And she just led me to Our Lady, who's the most tenderest of women. And so that kind of cultivated that devotion. And then, you know, in college, I consecrated myself to her. And I just, um, I just always had a great love for Our Lady. And, uh, um, and, and finally, I think it came from my grandfather's passed along to me. He died at the age of 64 from cancer, but he, um, he, I was only four years old when he died, but he prayed the rosary like, and just, and so, you know, I always say that there's this thing, a saintly succession. We talk about apostolic succession and, but saintly succession involves where parents just keep handing down the faith. And, and that's what every, you know, that's our goal as parents is to raise saints and then for our grandchildren to be saints. So that's, that's how our love of our lady was passed on from my grandpa to my mother and then to me. And I'm sure that's how you're trying to pass it on to your kids and hopefully they embrace the Virgin Mary, just as you did. And, and, and really, it, it really is an act of not only a devotion, but it, it's a model. It's a light for other people to see just how important she is. That's why, you know, we feel, I feel bad for, you know, people in other faith communities that bend over backwards to, to ignore her because they're such a, they're so afraid of worshiping Mary. And it's, it's the furthest thing from the truth, right? She leads us to her son. We honor and venerate her, but she yeah. leads us to her son. We don't worship Mary, right? Yeah, correct. You know, and I, I think no one can love Mary like Jesus does. So if we're ever afraid of loving Mary too much, we should realize, no, we can never love her like Jesus. And, and, and so that's, it's, like even with scripture, she said, do whatever he tells you. Like Mary always points us to Jesus. And, uh, and I think that they, you know, the, they're just, they, they love each other so much. And, um, and so I think, you know, I don't know, I have a big kind of behind my house, I have a giant statue of our lady and I have a little, um, a light on there. And I have some Protestant neighbors, actually, my, he's a preacher, the guy, the, the wife came over and she's like, I love your Mary statue. And so it brings, sometimes we're afraid of our devotion of Mary. Like, you know, we don't want to like, like give Protestants the wrong signal. But also when I, when I talk to them, I say, I clarify, I'm like, you, you know, I don't worship Mary. And they're like, Oh, like I, di- I didn't know that. So it's always a good starting point when you're talking to a Protestant, you know, to, to bring up that fact. Well, not only that, this book that we're talking about, right. If you gave this book to a Protestant, right. Everything in here is biblical, right. It's not like you're making something up on these seven sorrows of Mary, right. It, you would hope it would give everyone a greater, even if, even if they don't become Catholic, right? It'd give a greater uh, appreciation for who Mary is, what she did, and how important she was to Jesus. So much so that he wanted to give her to us as our mother, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's I had one article I wrote, and I said the hit. What's like the hidden wound of Jesus? You know, Jesus has these five visible wounds. His hidden wound is that the world does not love Mary as as he loves her. And I, I think just, you know, the people that mock her and vile her, you know, they blasphemies against her. And, and so I think that this, you know, and and one other point is, you know, the passion of the Christ, like all these Protestants, they love that movie. And if you watch it, Mary is at the forefront, just this this mother of sorrows, her and her son. And you, you, any mother that watches that cannot be moved by the scene where, you know, the baby Jesus, you know, the infant Jesus falls down and Mary scoops up, Jesus. And so I think that there's this, this tenderness that she has that, um, that she draws us, um, to, to love God more. Well, and the interesting is you talk about the tender tenderness, but also she's called the terror of demons, right? Her, she's not only tender, 
when it comes to us, but she's fierce at defending us against the evil one. And it, it really is a beautiful picture of, of just how uh, complex, but yet how loving she is. Yeah. They, I mean, they say that the demons are they're actually more afraid of Mary because, you know, because she humbles them more. And I mean, she's, and, and no, you're right. And all the exorcists, they call upon Mary's name and, you know, and she is, she's, she's there. Like sometimes we, you know, we go through these great temptations in life, you know, even, even purity, they say Mary is like her immaculate conception. You know, she's the patron of our country. And so we like, we need to call upon her, especially in, in, in temptation. Um, but she's, she's always there with us, you know, her rosary, right. The saints called it, you know, Padre Pio called it his, you know, his weapon. So we're almost done. I knew this always comes. It always goes so fast. But again, can you remind people of your website, you know, how they can get your books and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So my website is a Patrick. And then there's an R in the middle initial Patrick R O'Hearn dot com. So if you go to Patrick O'Hearn dot com, you'll go to a new age singer. But you got to my middle initial R is in the Patrick (laughs) R O'Hearn. And and that's I have all my books on there. Now you write articles too. What publications do you write for? Yeah, I've been blessed to write for National Catholic Register, uh, Crisis Magazine, and Catholic Exchange, and then I wrote some for Tan Direction and One Peter Five. How often are how often are you writing articles these days? Yeah, I'm trying. Um, I would say about one or two, probably one one or two a month for those places. Well, don't don't be surprised if I if I stumble upon one or two because I'm always poking around and reach out to you for uh, for another interview on one of your articles. But, you know, I really would encourage people uh, to go out and look for Our Lady of Sorrows. It's by Sophia Institute Press. Uh, it's Devotion to Mary's Seven Sorrows for Children. But like I said, I think you did an excellent job of uh, not only making it, you know, open and and very accessible to children, but I think it's a great book for adults. Well, thank you so much. No, I, that's kind of, I want, you know, Mary to be loved. And I hope that parents do all my books. It's like, you know, I kind of want to make people enter into her sorrows and just appreciate just the sufferings that she underwent for us and ultimately her son's sufferings. If you like the content of these shows that we produce on a weekly basis, please prayerfully consider supporting us. Go to ccdenver.org, click on the donate button, and then click on Respect Life Denver to support this programming. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.